Hey. Uh, so good to be with you, Deb. Thanks for uh, sitting down with you me too, today. Neil. Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for uh, speaking with me about uh, your journey uh, from being a full-time employee to starting your own business. Uh, before we get started, let me introduce myself, and then I'll ask you to introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Deborah Scro. I am the mentoring director for Women in Big Data, uh, a professional association that is available worldwide. I'm also a certified career coach and a professional from the uh, tech finance world for over 40 years. So it's my pleasure to speak with you today, Neil, and get your story uh, as we prepare for a mentoring program, a new mentoring program uh, focused on technology solopreneurs. Bef so why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and introducing uh, who you are. Yeah, I'd love to. And it's always good to catch up with you, Deb. I'm very excited about the WIBD mentoring program development. So I just wanted to say a quick hello to all of this uh, current and future cohorts who might be listening in. So my name is Neil Metzler, and uh, I've been a career sales professional in tech. I worked at Amazon uh, for close to 10 years before launching my own uh, coaching practice full time. And I'm now in year three of that practice. And in an interesting twist, I've also stepped back into a full-time role uh, earlier this year while maintaining uh, and growing and kind of cultivating my coaching practice uh, in addition to that. So I'm sure we'll dive into that later in the story. But I wanted to focus today on uh, folks who may be thinking about taking a leap and going full-time with what they've been thinking about. Um, I know you've got some great questions prepared, so I'm excited to see where this conversation takes us. Neil, let's start with you telling us about the company that you created. I'm interested in hearing about the mission and the objective that you set out for yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about who your clients are, the ones that you chose to serve, and what service you're providing. Yeah, thank you, Deb. Yeah, so I founded Cloud Champions Coaching to provide trusted and inspiring coaching for high-performance teams in tech. Uh, I wanted to start with my tribe, so to speak, and these are the teams that I've worked with and alongside, um, that I've been a part of, that I've grown with, and um, that I also, you know, faced challenges and celebrated wins in myself. So. As I got curious about what I might like to offer in this space or where I could um, make, you know, make use of my talents and, and, and my gifts, uh, there are two use cases that I've been tackling recently. So one is around, uh, for leaders, there are these two use cases. One is around retention, especially retention for difficult to hire and retain teams and roles that are prone to burnout risk. So um, thinking of, you know, technical or technical plus business crossover roles where expertise, uh, ramp time, uh, specialized knowledge, uh, specialized hard skills are extremely difficult to hire and retain for. Uh, I've found that those teams are very difficult to keep staffed at full productivity. So 
for leaders, there is um, an opportunity to uh, get, a, get a pulse on what's happening with the team, understand the temperature of the team and the individuals on that team um, in order to detect and really mitigate uh, burnout risk and churn uh, before it's too late. So, uh, you know, burnout and uh, uh, turnover and lost productivity due to burnout is estimated at 322 billion globally. And that accounts for 15 to 20% of, of payroll in this kind of voluntary turnover uh, due to burnout. And those numbers are from Gallup. So I, I became very interested in this space. And the second use case is around owning your career. So uh, I look at teams that are facing, uh, facing serious headwinds. Um, there may have been a reorg. There may have been a, a pivot. Uh, there may have been uh, you know, uh, layoffs, uh, things affecting those teams. And leaders are interested to avoid and disrupt stagnation on the team and really foster a sense of ownership. So uh, I deliver this by equipping managers and individual contributors to have more productive career conversations um, using a success framework that uh, I've built and grown over time called the Five Pillars Career Progression Framework. So with these two use cases, I'm really felt focused on helping leaders and teams reach and maintain healthy high performance in tech. So uh, it sounds like you're uh, addressing a problem from two areas, one or two perspectives, one from the perspective of the hiring manager or the uh, performance manager, retaining teams, retaining hot individuals, uh, also, of course, uh, securing that talent. And I also like that you're looking at that same problem from the perspective of the employee, how they advance through their career. Um, so, uh, that sounds like a really strong strategy that you develop to have the have uh, an, a perspective and a understanding of the problem and um, the the variety of people who are affected by that problem. Yeah, it's been a process. So I I, I really think that it was a process of getting curious. It was a process of mm, asking a lot of you know, follow-ups and asking why very often, because I certainly didn't set out with a crystallized vision of exactly who I could serve and how. It was more what I found myself reading about, what I found myself spending my free time on, um, what, I, what I found myself caught up in, in conversations um, outside of work and outside of the business plan. Um, they were starting to go more and more in this direction around um, well-being at work, healthy high performance, and, and owning your career in a, in a time of you know, disruption and, uh, and change that we find ourselves in. So I, I, I would really credit the role of um, feedback providers, friends, mentors, and sparring partners through that time who you know, by having those exchanges, by having those conversations, I was able to uh, build build closer to to that value point where I can now go out and deliver. So you're beginning to introduce a a, a bit of our next question, which is, uh, what inspired you uh, and your interest in developing this company? Can you say a little bit more about what was the motivation? for you to start on this journey? Yeah, it, 
it, it, it crept up on me, Deb. It was really interesting. I started volunteering uh, in my full-time job for more projects having to do with the general space of employee engagement and, uh, and career progression. So um, even though I'm you know, a career sales professional, I was then able to partner with uh, leadership, partner with HR, and go deeper. Um, the company I worked at also uh, collected daily survey feedback and built more and more robust reporting on these data. And I was able to explore and, and go, go deeper and build initiatives around some of the trends that we were seeing in that data. And before I knew it, I was one of several people working on these initiatives for about a 200-person um, department in, in London. And um, I, I think I, I never you know, asked permission to, to be doing that work. I, I did apply for the work stream. I did, I think I was interviewed for that, but it was a project on top of what I was already doing. So mm -hmm. as, I, as I looked back, I found also signals from earlier um, in, uh, in, in, also in high school and university, my interest in kind of um, coaching and uh, different types of topics around supporting people to reach healthy high performance in all kinds of settings. So it started to crystallize for me that if I wanted to design a life that was not primarily run by my uh, Monday through Friday, nine to five, could I take an opportunity to design a life that would involve me doing something uh, as a solopreneur and working with these topics that I was finding myself more and more interested in? Great. Great. And so the, the idea started to form and then you realized, oh my goodness, this uh, applies to things that I was interested in previous times of my life. And then there came a moment, no doubt, or a, you, a realization that, hey, can I do this? Is it possible? Tell us about some of the questions and concerns that you considered uh, when making this decision to start uh, your new business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'll be upfront that at first I certainly needed to fight against these, the inertia of uh, imposter syndrome. Like, uh, you know, I needed to expand my idea of what maybe was possible. And so uh, I needed to read a few books and have a few conversations to really do that. So one of them that I, I you know, I appreciated and enjoyed was called The $100 Startup. And this was a very approachable, it wasn't yet that I was actively choosing to become an entrepreneur, Deb. It was more like dipping a toe in the idea. <laughs> so <laughs> it was less, uh, less. Um, yeah, let me see what other people are you doing. You know, it's a very low commitment. <laughs> yeah, let me see what other people are doing. So um, this, this conversation with someone who was sort of like a prototype client of mine, um, right, who I'd done some uh, resume and LinkedIn updates with one day after work um, over a beer, was like, you should really read this book. You know, you, you might want to think about working with one person a month or two or three people a quarter. You're not a professional yet, but find those use cases, you know, sit down mm -hmm. with those clients, start getting curious. And this was so important because um, I think I did about six to 12 months of, of that in my full-time role before I got to some of those big milestones, um, Deb, that you and I know for being a solopreneur, like 
standing up your, your own website, um, getting your first paid client engagement, um, beginning to maybe blog and publish and do more, do more uh, content. So uh, in the end, of, in the six months before I uh, planned to leave my role, I, I really ramped up the, uh, the, the coaching engagements and the investment in content. And it was something I was spending my evenings and weekends on like quite passionately. So we're talking about transition. You, you were speaking about how uh, a casual encounter with a colleague of yours, you were helping that person um, uh, polish up their uh, resume material uh, and then taking on a, 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 a slight informal goal of, well, let me do this. I'll volunteer for one person a month or whatever you know you had set out for yeah. yourself. Yeah. You were talking about uh, a transition. What are, what was that transition like for you? Because not only were you transitioning um, the type of work you yeah. would be doing, you were also transitioning your income stream and some other uh, aspects of a professional life. What what were you thinking? What thoughts did you have? What questions did you have to solve uh, during that during that time? Yeah, I love I love that question. And so, um, as I reflect back on that, I as I said, I, I was not um, the I was not so brave at that point to say, yeah, I'm going to jump in with both feet full time with this um, solo business. I. I really was thinking more about um, uh, the kind of life design and setup that I that I wanted to explore, and I I needed to sort of decouple the idea of stopping full time work with the idea of launching the the business. So um, I did have that kind of six month test uh, pilot phase, but when I stopped my full time job, I, I took about a month. Uh, just to really reset and rebuild a new schedule with new habits mm. and structure to my day, because this is can be an underappreciated part that isn't as glamorous as the, you know, going on to win awards part. <laughs> it's really <laughs> important to actually rebuild that psyche, rebuild those habits and and structures, and um, I did so and. Uh, over maybe like 30 to 60 days time, you know, then I softly started to do some coffee chats again. I softly mm. started to um, look at some coach training programs. And I found that it, I, after I had kind of done the processing uh, of, of exiting the corporate career, giving myself space to do that processing, um, I was then really clear and, and motivated and enthusiastic about experimenting with with building the business. So I'd love to say it was a clean cut, immediate ramp or something, but I, I really needed, there's a human underneath that armor, right? So mm. um, that's one of the messages in my coaching and I definitely felt that myself. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, I got the image of uh, a period of incubation so that you could <laughs> nurture that new self or that new direction that you were setting out on uh, and that you were giving yourself the time and, and the space. I, I similarly did something where I remember 
sitting in my uh, on my porch uh, for a couple a couple of days. It might have been a couple of weeks, and just reading, just reading novels, reading newspaper, just yeah. sitting yeah. and being still. Um, before, because I didn't know which way I was going to go uh, with with my idea, uh, so I was really just waiting um, for. Um, I, I I think the parts to come together. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that 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 is an important point that we have to allow ourselves that time uh, to uh, transition uh, in many aspects uh, of our lives. Um, Neil, um, you had mentioned at the start of this interview that recently you introduced some additional work uh, to complement your your coaching. Would you like to say a little bit about that? Tell us more. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think that this, uh, I I see this now, or I frame this as an example where, um, you know, you can continue to design your mix. It is not a binary choice about full-time work or growing your solopreneurship, right? So um, I did, uh, I was working exclusively on my solopreneurship for a period of two two years and then uh then my life circumstances also um started to change so her pivot herself and was starting a really exciting um, retraining and reskilling process to get into the climate economy uh, and the future of uh sustainability for for large organizations so you know really practical things, Deb, like, you know, how are we doing our family's health insurance? Mm-hmm. Or what are the financial goals like in the next two to five years? You know, the, these type of things. Um, wh- with reevaluating that, I, I decided to make a short list of companies that if I did want to go back to work, like these would be maybe four companies that seemed exciting to me. And I went ahead and made very targeted applications to those in Q4. And I signed with one of them in, in Q1. And I think I did it very differently, though, than my previous experience. So one is, I mean, I went in with the idea of how can this role actually serve me for the long term uh, as growing as a solopreneur? And it is a role that gives me uh, much more depth and breadth of uh, contacts and events and basically helps me build and develop my network in a, in a really direct uh, way. And it also provides, you know, things like a learning and development budget and uh, stable health care and all that kind of thing. So I've kind of redesigned and tweaked taking the offers that I built in, the, in that two-year period. I still deliver those offers but they're not my main income stream. They're not my main um, time commit right now. So I, I rather kind of steward them and nurture them forwards. And that's good enough for right now. I'm happy with that for right now. But um, of course, I, I do have uh, certain ideas about possible choices or forks in the road, you know, a few years from now as well. Mm-hmm. You know, your story highlights a very essential skill in modern employment and that's agility agility and also resiliency and your uh, examples of how you um, uh, parsed together uh, that you uh, brought together 
uh, well, this opportunity can give me health care and a learning budget, and this other opportunity can give me some other um, goals that I'm trying to accomplish, and that you uh, brought those together to serve your needs. I, I think that that's a really um, uh, a very clear uh, story of how we we are creating our careers and how we're we're uh, crafting uh, our future. So, yes. Neil, let me just in closing ask you. Um, um, maybe we started on this a little bit, but looking from the uh, le- uh, lessons learned perspective, uh, what did you learn and what would you recommend others who are just starting on this journey for themselves? What would you do? What would, would you do differently? Yeah, definitely. I think one thing that was a learning for, for me was... Um, focus more on product and less on like profit revenue type targets and goals. So I, I found that in year one, I was really working backwards from how could I hit a certain revenue milestone or what type of offers or solutions do I think would be exciting for other people? So I'm going to go and build them, right? So I got into long build cycles with high price offers that didn't turn out to actually serve real, uh, real clients. In year two, I really took a more product development focused approach. And I'm sure that we have some folks in the audience who um, have product experience. But uh, for me, this book, The Build Trap, was really influential because it it, it describes a way, uh, I just want to make sure I get the author's name right. Yeah. Yeah. Escaping the build trap, how effective product management creates real value by Melissa Perry. So this encouraged me to actually stop with this kind of like revenue forecasting approach. I mean, still useful from like an annual quarterly, um, uh, perspective to keep in mind, but really focus on, people and real pain points and getting really curious about that and falling in love Mm. with problems and challenges before jumping into solutions. So I Mm. think overall from these two and a half years, this has been my biggest takeaway. Mm, mm, mm. Really understanding the problem that you're trying to serve. Uh, Am I understanding this correctly? The problem that you're trying to serve and the target audience that you're trying to serve is that the takeaway that you're speaking about exactly yeah like who are who are the personas in the organizations that i'm trying to serve like what are the current challenges that they're facing how are they serving those challenges now and then could i build a solution or could i design an offering that would really squarely address that in an exciting and compelling way and then and only then starting, um, you know, with more kind of a lean approach to really then develop product offerings um, and not be afraid to test them, not, re- not be afraid to run test batches or uh, really, really take things properly through a cycle. So I think that what I, to, to draw a line under it, in, in year one, I was trying to skip steps and go directly to the most compelling offer 
and really bring that mm. offer to market. And I, of course, I'm a sales professional, so that, I, that's what I do by training. But I needed to take a, a, a more holistic um, product mindset because in year three, I have kind of really rebooted my offerings for organizations. And I've really seen that message land. And these particular offers are uh, converting very well in conversations with the personas that I've done a better job of identifying. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. It, it, it sounds like um, you had to wear many hats. You were first wearing the salesman hat because that was really comfortable. You knew that sure. world. Um, but then it's then uh, uh, you discovered that well I've got to do, I've got to um, wear the hat of the product designer I have to wear the hat of the project manager so it sounds like uh, as a solopreneur you know who is doing it all um, you found yourself uh, understanding those other demands in in providing a service to your client so that's a great story Neil thank you. Um, let me just, uh, in closing, just ask you uh, any last words of uh, encouragement or thoughts uh, for the people uh, who are attending our cohort. Yeah, thank you, Deb. This has been a really nice conversation. I just want to encourage the cohort members to remember that you're not in this alone. Even though the idea that you're exploring uh, right now is this solopreneurship, you're doing it with a cohort. So you know, uh, lean into each other, be there for each other, and uh, enjoy the journey together. Thanks. Great, great, great. Thank you so much, Neil, for uh, this wonderful conversation and for your support in developing this idea. I, I really did uh, enjoy our early conversation, so thank you. Thank you, Deb. Yes, likewise, and speak with you soon.